John chapter 12. I want to continue a series I started really uh, in Christmas uh, time, and and uh, it's February now, and I'm, I'm only on week three. <laughs> so, uh, but we're going to go back to the best of all places, uh, the best of all places. And once you're there in John chapter 12, there's really four characters. Uh, uh, really, in this, there's more than four, but there's four that we're kind of looking at, and uh, we've looked at Mary already and Martha, and tonight uh, we're going to look at Judas tonight. Uh, Brother Jeremy kind of uh, laid the groundwork for me on Wednesday. Who heard Wednesday night's message? Okay, quite a few of you, and I was listening to it. Uh, I was out of town, and and I was. I said, "What a great message! Just a sounding light." And then he goes, "Let's go to let's talk about Judas." And I said, "No." I said, I, I have had this message prepared, and I'm excited about preaching it. But you know what I found is uh, he laid a great groundwork, and I believe we can build upon that foundation. And maybe, because of Brother Jeremy's sake, you'll get out a little earlier tonight. How's that sound? So, anyways, if you can stand to your feet tonight uh, for the reading of God's Word, we'll, we'll read just the first seven verses. And I think I sent you verses 3 through 7, Colby. Can we start with verse 1? Uh, do you have that? And I'll give you a second to get to that. But John chapter 12 and verse number 1 tonight, uh, the Bible says, Then Jesus, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, which had been dead, whom he raised from the dead. Of course, we learned last week that Bethany is where Martha lived and uh, where Jesus stopped off with the disciples. Uh, there they made him a supper, and Martha served, but Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. Uh, Then took Mary a pound of ointment of spikenard, very costly, and anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. Then saith one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, which should betray him, Why was not this ointment sold for three hundred pence and given to the poor? This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the bag and bare what was put therein. Then said Jesus, let her alone. Against the day of my bearing hath she kept this. And let's pray. Lord, we love you. Uh, Thank you for loving us. You certainly are a great God. Uh, Thank you for these dear people and their faithfulness all day today and back again tonight. And Lord, it's just a blessing to see. It's an encouragement to my heart, and I know it pleases you. Lord, I pray you'll be with the message tonight, and Lord, may they be rewarded for their faithfulness, Lord, not from hearing from great exposition by me, but Lord, from hearing from you, from your word. Lord, that's what we desire, and we want to be challenged and helped and encouraged and strengthened. And as we look at these characters in the best of all places, Lord, the first two has been uh, positive and then uh, fairly positive, and then today we'll see, Lord, a different side of those who sat at your feet. And Lord, may we examine our hearts and make sure we're, our heart's in the right place. Lord, be with those who are tuning in tonight. Lord, may they know they're loved and appreciated and I pray you help them. And Lord, put your arms around them and I pray that you'll be with this message, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Uh, last two, uh, of course, the first message in this series was about Mary. Mary was sitting at the feet of Jesus. She was known... For fellowship with Jesus. We looked at the secret of his person, the secret of his purpose, and the secret of his passion at Jesus' feet. And then we saw last week the best of all places, serving at the feet of Jesus. Martha was known for what she did for Jesus. And 
We talked about how we need to be doers for Jesus, but also have the heart that Mary had and sit at the feet of Jesus. And tonight I want us to see the best of all places. Part three is surveying at the feet of Jesus. And Judas was known not for his fellowship, not for what he did, but he was known for what he could get out of Jesus. And I want to explain that tonight uh, in four different ways, four different things he tried to get from Jesus. And I hope maybe you'll jot them down and I think they'll stick with you. And maybe we'll examine our own hearts tonight. Number one, if you're writing, Judas tried to gain affluence from Jesus. Judas tried to gain affluence or popularity, if you will, from Jesus. The Bible says in verse number four, Then saith one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, which should betray him. The word then there is a a term of contrast. And it introduces one of the most dramatic contrasts of the Bible. You have Mary's selflessness and you have Judas's selfishness. You have Mary's selflessness and pouring and you have Judas's selfishness. And we go from pure devotion from Mary to pure deception. And this isn't something that's surprising because, because, because we know that God, Jesus says later that Judas was the son of, of the devil. And we know that dev, the devil, of course, is the master of deceit. Judas cheapens the name disciple, which literally means learner. And clearly was not a trait that Judas exhibited. He saw and heard supernatural things, but they did not affect his callous heart. And it's always dangerous to be given much truth, but continually refuse to respond to it. And every time John mentions Judas Iscariot in the book of John, chapters 6, 13, and 18, uh, he refers to Judas's betrayal. And John, of course, was very close to Jesus. We know that. I'm sure it was very upsetting to him, very frustrating him that Judas would do that. And this section teaches that not everyone who calls himself a disciple of Jesus is really good fruit. Sometimes they're rotten fruit. And a false disciple, disciple can even give a foul odor, so to speak. The word intending here means to be about to do something, a desire, a necessity for Judas. He was going to betray his Lord and Savior. The word betray is paradidami, which means alongside or beside, to give. And at the Garden of Gethsemane, we know that he's about to deliver Jesus up to the Sanhedrin. And so we see Judas is trying to gain affluence from Jesus. But second of all, tonight I... By the way, that was my shortest point, so don't get too excited, all right? Number two, Judas tried to gain influence from Jesus. Not just affluence, but influence. He was trying to use the platform Jesus gave him to influence others. The Bible says in verse 5, Why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? Uh, the poor here is uh, patachos, and how sad and foreshadowing that these first words recorded of Jesus, Judas speaking is really a smoke, smoke screen. It's, he's hiding malice, and he's hiding greed in his heart. And Judas's criticism stirs the heart 
of the other disciples. And we see this in Matthew 26, verse 8, in Matthew's account. But when his disciples saw it, they had indignation, saying, To what purpose is this waste? So these disciples probably would have never thought this, but when Judas said it, it caused the other disciples to think negative as well. And I just want to be, us to be careful tonight, and I have to be careful as well. What, when we're critical, what we say can influence people to think wrongly. We have to be very careful about our words and how we lead people. The Greek word here, uh, uh, indignation, pictures them snorting like an angry horse. I don't know if you've ever had an angry cow or bull or animal or a horse that just looked like it was going to tear you apart. But it's not a good feeling. And that's kind of the, the, the thing here. These, these disciples were not, were not in a good mood. They, they, they had, they had, they had uh, uh, got the, uh, the, the negativity from Judas and it caused them to be very upset with Mary. And what's interesting is they seem to think that Mary had a waste. May I say tonight, nothing we do for Jesus is wasteful. Nothing we do for Jesus is wasteful. I'm thankful that when we give through our local church, it's the automobile God uses to get the gospel out to all the world. And nothing we give is wasteful. In fact, uh, G. Campbell Morgan says it's a great compliment to be criticized by certain people. Sometimes we get criticized and we hang our head. But that's not what G. Campbell Morgan says to do. If the wrong, the wrong person's criticizing you, it might be a good thing. And Judas sold Jesus out for 30 pieces of silver. Uh, Mary, it was 10% of Mary's sacrificial gift of 300 denarii. That's what you would make in a year. And the reason why it's not 365 is because you couldn't work on the Sabbath and the holy days. So 300 denarii is what she would spend on this. And J.C. Ryle says that anyone could follow Christ as a disciple for three years and see all his miracles, hear all his teaching, receive at his hand, repeated kindness, be counted as an apostle, and yet prove rotten at heart in the end, is at first sight appears incredible and impossible. But it's interesting that Judas's first words were negativity, but Think, look at his last words in Matthew 27, verse 4. Uh, Matt, uh, Judas says this, saying, I have sinned and that I have betrayed the innocent blood. And they said, what is it to us? See thou to it. Judas realizes really quickly how much he demeaned Mary, but he also demeaned Jesus. In Mark 14, 4, and there was some that had indignation within themselves and said, why was this waste of the ointment made? And they murmured against her. Judas infected the other disciples. Jesus, in his omniscience, was fully aware of Judas's evil intentions. And so John 6, verse 64, we see Jesus said, But there are some of you that believe not, for Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believed not and who should betray him. And Jesus answered them, Have not I chosen you twelve, and one of you is a devil? Jesus knew all along what Judas' intentions was. Reminds me of the story of the critical young man who had a habit of criticizing people. One day it backfired on him. He went to a taxidermist shop, and there was a crowd of people that was standing in front of this huge owl. Very impressive. 
And the, the people were ooing and aahing and saying, wow, this is great. And the young man kind of got a little full of himself. And he said, uh, 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 he began to criticize the person who had done it and said, uh, if I couldn't do better than that, I'd find another business. Just look at it. His head is out of proportion. The pose of his body is unnatural and his feet are pointed in the wrong direction. Just then the owl turned his head and gave the fellow a broad wink. The crowd laughed as the critics looked away. (laughs) He found out real quickly that was a real owl. And it's interesting how some people feel like their spiritual gift is criticism or to, to be critical. Uh, by the way, uh, uh, if you feel like that's your gift, and pray that God will give you another one, okay? <laughs> oh, man. Anyways, we'll just go on, okay? Um, Mary was willing to be poor in her positions in order to be rich in her devotion to Jesus. George Whitfield said this, Oh, for a thousand lives to be spent in service for Christ. And this woman here was willing to give her all. Of course, Judas didn't so much. It reminds me of the young man in a particular uh, church. He opened the broom closet and found five new brooms. It probably wasn't at Grandview, <laughs> but five new brooms there. It's, it's good to find a broom, right? <laughs> Anyways, okay. He hit the ceiling. He went to one, the one in charge of buying uh, the commodities for the church, and he said, whoever authorized the buying of five brand new brooms at one time, this is crazy. That's a waste of money. He was very angry. Well, the man couldn't satisfy him, and finally the man went to the pastor's office and demanded why we needed five brooms. The pastor said, I don't know. Maybe we use a lot of brooms. To which... The young man said, Pastor, I do not think that's a good idea, and I'm done. And the pastor says, wait a minute here, let's not fall out of fellowship for this. But the man was never satisfied, and he finally left the pastor's office in a huff. But after a while, the pastor was having coffee with the church treasurer, and the pastor told the church treasurer about the story, and the church treasurer just smiled and said, Ah, Pastor, I can understand that. That's easy for me to understand why he was so upset. The pastor said, well, why don't you explain it to me? The treasurer said to the pastor, well, how would you feel if you saw that everything you had given to the church in your whole life only ended up being five brooms? I think sometimes we get so upset. And Judas here, we know there's an underlying uh, current. And there's a reason why he was so upset about this woman. And we'll get to it in just a second. But I see, first of all, he was looking for affluence from Jesus. He was, second of all, looking for uh, um, influence from Jesus. But third of all, tonight, I want us to see Judas tried to gain abundance from Jesus. He tried to take advantage of Jesus. John 12, verse 6 says, This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief. It sounds all pious. It sounds great. But in all reality, he was saying this very thing because he was a thief and he had the bag and bare what was put therein. In a room filled with a sweet odor of precious perfume, we see stench of greed and desire of wealth. I was teaching this morning about Noah and how when he came out of the ark, he he had an altar and it was a sweet incense and 
And Jesus smelled that and it pleased him. And he made a promise to never bring a flood on earth again. You know, there's something about when someone sacrificially gives and worships Jesus. May I encourage us to be faithful in that area and, and, and to get, get the heart of God. But we see here that there's a sweet odor, but then we see the stench of greed and desire of wealth. Was there so hypocritical of Judas? The Greek word thief is kleptes, which is our English word kleptomaniac, a person who's a compulsive thief. Judas not only held the bag of money, but he was lifting from people, and he was lifting from the bag. He was an embezzling disciple. The word means bastazo, which means both to carry and carry off. And Judas did both. By the way, this little sin would eventually uh, become the greatest sin ever committed since Adam sinned. So here are some facts we glean from key verses about Judas. First of all, money was important to Judas. He was a thief and literally betrayed Christ for 30 pieces of silver. We know that. Number two, Jesus knew from the beginning what Jesus, Judas Iscariot would do. We see that in John 6.70. And one of you is a devil. And number four, at the Last Supper, Jesus predicted his betrayal and identified it to be betrayer in John 13.26. We see that. Jesus said that Judas Iscariot was not clean in John 13, verse 10. And then in, in John 13, 27, it says, Whatever thou doest, do quickly. And then the other disciples had no clue that Judas Iscariot harbored treacherous thoughts in John 13, 22. Even Jesus told Judas that thou doest do quickly. Judas Iscariot betrayed the Lord with a kiss. After committing his atrocious act, Judas, when he saw that he was condemned, repented himself and brought again the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders. And Judas Iscariot fulfilled the prophecy in Psalms 41 and verse number 9. Yea, mine own familiar friend, in whom I trusted, which should eat my bread, hath lifted up his heel against me. He was fully responsible for his actions in Matthew 26, verse 24. But woe unto that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It had been good for that man if it had not been born. Could you imagine if that was said of you? Matthew 27, verse 6, reports chief priests took the blood money, which was fulfilling the prophecy of Zechariah 11, 12 through 13. Then in Acts 1, verse 18, we see the very field that Judas purchased is the very field he hung himself and his blood spilled out upon the ground. Given the facts of Judas' close proximity to Jesus, it's hard to see such a disasterly betrayal. But we know that sin can destroy. Proverbs 28, 13, He that covereth his sin shall not prosper. But whoso confesseth and forgiveth them have mercy, forsaketh them have mercy. Numbers 32, 23, I said that this morning. Be sure your sin will find you out. 1 Corinthians 10, 12, Wherefore let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. You know the song, Sin will take you further than you ever wanted to stray, cost you more than you ever dreamed you would pay, keep you longer than you ever thought you would stay. And so we see he wanted affluence, he wanted influence, he wanted abundance from Jesus. And when I saw this last point, really this is the, the heart of the message, and I hope 
This is, will hit home to you. And number four, we see Judas, and this is probably the saddest of them all. Judas sought to gain independence from Jesus. Can you imagine waking up every day and Jesus was there, hearing him teach, seeing him heal, and knowing you were one of the close of the twelve? And how wonderful that must have been. But in verse 7, the Bible says, Then said Jesus, Let her alone. Against the day of my bearing, she hath kept this. Mary, in her devotion, Westcott said, unconsciously provides for the honor of the dead. Judas, in his selfishness, unconsciously brings about the death itself. It's so amazing how sweet Mary was to Jesus, how much she loved him, and how much Judas despised him. It reminds me of the story of a famous king. He was depressed by the circumstances in his realm, and he was feeling rejected by many subjects, so he called his three daughters for a special breakfast to comfort and reassure him. They talked for a while, and he says, How much do you love me? And he went from child to child, and the first one said they cared for him than, more than all the gold in the world. The second one said, Daddy, I care for you for more than all the silver in the world. He started feeling a little bit better and thought, You know what? I, I can do this. But the third one, the youngest, he says, how much do you love me? He said, she said, Daddy, I love you like salt. The king wasn't very pleased with her answer, and he considered salt to be of very little value. The cook who overheard the conversation knew that the child's reply had more significance than the father imagined. She dared not speak to the monarch about the matter, but devised a subtle way to emphasize the true meaning of the young girl's words. The next morning at breakfast, she withheld the salt from everything she served, and the meal was so bland that the king didn't enjoy it at all. And then, for the first time, he realized the full force of his daughter's remark. She loved him so much that nothing was good without him. And with a smile, he looked at his little daughter and said, I understand now, Mary, and your love is the greatest of all. And in response to Mary's gift, why this waste? Jesus told them to stop troubling her. Jesus delighted in Mary's gift. What would it take for you to show Jesus your love, your time, maybe your talent, your treasure? doesn't matter if it's costly or inexpensive, whether it's others understand or criticize. If it's from a heart, it's beautiful to God. The hand says, With thankful hearts give praise to Jesus for his blessings without end. Let's give to him our full devotion. He's our Savior and our friend. Someone said a healthy heart beats with love for Jesus. Instead of generating the type of response in verse 6, In all reality, Judas could have had that same response from Jesus that Mary got from Jesus. But instead, he gets the response of verse number 7. Let her alone. He gets the rebuke from Jesus instead of, good job, Judas. In fact, in seeking independence from Jesus, he was forsaking true dependence on Jesus. 
I don't know who I'm talking to tonight, but I will say this. If you seek independence from Jesus, it does not end well. And Judas here has sought influence and affluence and abundance. But now he seeks independence. He's ready to be done with Jesus. Jesus, the very one who's Emmanuel and God with us. Jesus, who's the Lamb of God, and he taketh away the sins of the world. Jesus, who is the Alpha and Omega. Ultimately, he should have been seeking his approval. Jesus, who was wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And Judas says, I do not want that. And Jesus, who is the bread of life, who always sustains. Judas says, I do not want that. I do not need that anymore. The Redeemer in Isaiah 59.20, he only could have paid the price of Judas's sin. Jesus, who's a rose of Sharon and the lily of the valley. Jesus, who's a living stone in 1 Peter 2, 4-8. Jesus, who has everything Judas ever needed. Judas says, I do not want that anymore. I've gotten the affluence I've wanted. I've gotten the influence I've wanted from you. I've gotten uh, the abundance from you I wanted. And now I'm seeking my independence from you. Could you imagine how heartbroken Jesus was. But you know how empty Judas was. It's just a matter of time before he kills himself. Adrian Rogers talks about a group of children that were encouraged to bring to Sunday school class a show-and-tell items. One boy brought some water, and that illustrated, I'm the water of life. The other brought some flowers, and that illustrated Jesus was the Rose of Sharon. And the teacher says, wow, good job. You boys are doing great. The third boy brought some bread and said, Jesus is the bread of life. One last little boy, he brought a little banty egg. I'm not very familiar with them, but I've heard down in the south, banty hens are really little. The teacher said, what does that represent? The children kind of laughed and giggled a little bit. And the little boy said, It represents that she hath done what she could. And may I say tonight, that's all Jesus wants from us. You may say, I don't have much to offer. I'm no one special. I just, I don't even have a bunch of ointment. I just have a little bit. May I say that's all Jesus wants from you. He took those five little smooth stones and killed a giant. Jesus, time and time again, he took those five loaves and two fishes and fed the multitudes. May I say tonight, some people in church and in Christianity come to Jesus because they they survey and they want to see what they can get from him. Maybe it's independence, maybe it's affluence, maybe it's uh, 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 other things. May I say today, don't ever seek independence from Jesus. Instead, seek to be like Mary. I want to just get to know Jesus. I want to fall in love with Jesus. I want to allow him to be everything to me. Every head bowed, every eye closed tonight. Just some thoughts from Judas. As I thought about this and as he surveyed, and as he sought abundance and influence and affluence, He kind of got what he sought. But then the last thing he sought was independence. And when he got it, he realized it really didn't fill anything. It was empty. It was useless. And Mary, 
Oh, Mary, she got to truly enjoy the wonderful, sweet presence of her Lord and Savior. My dear friend, tonight, may I encourage you to realize Jesus, who is Emmanuel, the Lamb of God, the Alpha and Omega, the King of the Jews, the Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, the Bread of Life, the Water of Life, the Redeemer, the Rose of Sharon, the Lily of the Valley, and the Living Stone is there for you and me. But how busy do we get sometimes? Uh, how, how much do our minds wonder sometimes and we forget that the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings, Jesus, is right there and craves, he wants to spend time with you and me. May I encourage us today to decide to not try to get things from Jesus, but instead give our heart to Christ. Give our time to Christ. Give our talents to Christ. Give our treasures to Christ. Give our lives to Christ. And in the end, we're going to be so satisfied. And what Judas sought would satisfy instead emptied him. May I encourage us to just be all in for Jesus Christ. Lord, we sure do love you. Thank you for loving us. And just some thoughts tonight, and of course, build upon the foundation we heard Wednesday night. What a great message. So thankful for Brother Jeremy preaching that. And Lord, I hope between the two tonight, we've learned a good deal about Judas. Lord, maybe we find ourselves seeking affluence, Lord, through the church and through Jesus, and, and that's not the right way. Maybe we're seeking for influence, or we're seeking for abundance. Lord, maybe we're seeking independence. Maybe we're teetering. Maybe we're on the fence. Lord, instead, may we be all in for you. Realize that you are enough. You're everything we need. Lord, you you can take care of us. Whether it's a few beans in a tortilla shell, or whether it's a nice steak dinner, it doesn't matter. Because we get to be with you. We get to fall in love with you. We get to serve you. We get to spend time with you. We get to watch you do things in our life. We get to enjoy your comfort. We get to enjoy your presence. Lord, I pray that we'll not get sidetracked by the things of the world and or not get sidetracked by the Judas's syndrome, but instead we'll be like Mary. And Lord, fall in love with you. And Lord, hear you say, well done. She has done what she could. We sure do love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. If you can stand to your feet, the piano's playing. I don't know how God spoke to your heart tonight. Just some thoughts that the Lord gave me. The altar's open. If you'd like to come and pray and spend some time with the Lord, maybe reassure some things in your life, maybe remind yourself of some things, maybe you'd like to pray for a need you have in your heart, a spiritual need, a physical need, an emotional need, something that God's touched your heart about. May I encourage you to respond to the messages God would have you to tonight as the piano plays.
and God bless you. You may be seated. Thank you so much for being here tonight, being in your place and listening so well. Uh, we got a video we're going to show. We'll get you, get you out in just a few minutes. I Love My Church Sunday is next week. Every year we've been able to have a time for our church people to prayerfully consider what God would have them do in giving throughout the year for our family center. We are well on our way to getting that building going, but we need you get to get behind again this year. Maybe this is your first time to, to give, or maybe it's your second or third time. Thank you for your faithfulness in that area. We want to see God do something miraculous this year and investing in our church's next generation. We'll be having a special speaker here who God will use in a mighty way. You're going to enjoy him. Hope to see you there. There are several areas in our ministry where we could use volunteers. First impressions team, ushers team, bookstore team, janitorial team, grounds team, music team, and at Grandview Christian Academy, grading papers, reading groups, and in the lunchroom. If you would be interested in helping in any of these areas, please stop by the welcome desk to fill out a volunteer card today. Mark your calendars for Churchwide Outreach Saturday, February 17th at 10.15 a.m. Join us for a delicious breakfast and an opportunity to share your faith in the community. Early enrollment for the 2024-2025 Grandview Christian Academy school year begins this Thursday, February 15th for all current school families and church members. Beginning March 1st, open enrollment to the public will begin, so reserve your spot as soon as you can. If you are a church member and do not have your children in the school but would like to, or if you would like more information, please email academy at grandviewcares.com. Don't miss the next Ladies Service Ministry meeting on Wednesday, February 21st from 1 to 3 p.m. at the Forest Creek Park Lodge. There will be a potluck lunch, so bring a dish to share. We'll have a short devotion as well as a drawing for door prizes. Come join us as we work together to equip, encourage, and extend the work of family. If this is your first or second time here, we want to answer your questions and get to know you. Please fill out the Connect card in the pew in front of you and bring it to guest services as you exit the auditorium. We would love to meet you and you will receive a gift card. Have a great week and we'll see you Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Okay, just a quick reminder for our deacons, we have a meeting here in a few minutes. God bless you all. You are dismissed. Thank you.